0: Welcome to Sound & Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound & Vision, Brian Alfred.
1: Jumdar has an MFA from Indiana University and a BFA from the Rhode Island School of Design. His recent solo exhibition, Foreign and Domestic, opened at Barbara Davis Gallery in Houston, Texas. Other recent solo exhibitions include the Asia Society Texas Center in Houston and Stephen Harvey Fine Art Projects in New York. In 2016 and 17, his work was part of a traveling exhibition at Drew University in New Jersey the University of Tennessee Chattanooga in Tennessee, and the University of Vermont. Recent selected group exhibitions include Freight and Volume New York, Geary Contemporary in New York, James Cohen Gallery in New York, and Gallery Zurcher in New York. Awards include a purchase award from the 2010 Invitational Exhibition of Visual Arts in the American Academy of Arts and Letters in New York, and McDowell Fellowship, a residency at Yaddo, the 2009-2010 Marie Walsh Sharp Studio Space Program grant, a MICA Trustees Award for Excellence in Teaching, and two Maryland State Art Council Individual Grants in Painting. This past summer, he was a visiting artist at the Vermont Studio Center and the Chautauqua School of Art. He's lectured on his work at Columbia University, CCA, the Cranbrook School of Art, the New York Studio School, and many others. Shangram lives and works in Brooklyn, New York, and he is a professor of painting at the Maryland Institute College of Art. I met up with him in his Brooklyn studio to discuss his childhood, his family, making paintings, teaching, music, and much more. Here's our conversation.
0: Gonna ask yeah, that yeah. was gonna be my yeah. next question if he's in a band, if yeah, he plays, yeah,
1: he, he's playing guitar now too, which nice. is great to see. So, although he's not super into me, te- oh, now he is.
0: Do you guys play together sometime? Or I try, together? but he, yeah. you know, it's not cool to play with no, your dad. no, no. <laughs> he you d- want to play with your friends, yeah. not with your dad,
1: yeah. And he takes lessons, and the guy who teaches okay. him is really great, so but nice. he's into it, which is really cool. You know? Did you do, you,
0: do you play any other instruments,
1: uh, bass, clarinet, okay, and saxophone? From oh. when I was young. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, you know, I, at the beginning I learned piano, but yeah. no, I wasn't quickly, I quickly moved on. It wasn't. It. I wasn't. That was the different thing. Yeah, and it wasn't cool. And, you know, <laughs> right. I somehow saxophone when I was really young yeah. was cooler because yeah. it was a big shiny thing. And then yeah. that became not cool. And then I moved <laughs> to right. guitar. And yeah. <laughs> it,
0: like, really easy target.
1: <laughs> evolution of cool with music. <laughs> right, yeah. How so about you, you? Do you? Do you play anything?
0: No, I don't. No. Are you my a my wife plays. My wife is the musician. She plays violin. So. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, so her background's in violin performance. And, um,. Uh, but is that no. what she
1: does does? Like she she's professional n- music. No,
0: she, she when we met, that's what she did. Um her she's slowly transitioned out of that into teaching um kids. So she, you know, has private students and also works on in a school in that side. But Upper music West side. But hmm? music.
1: But music, right. Violin. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah.
0: Great. So her her world is much kind of classical violin. Right. In that sense. So um but yeah, so you know, everyone's like, So are you gonna, you know, have your daughter? Play an instrument, you know. It's like the questions of, do you think, you know? Yeah. Like yesterday, um, a couple of days ago, she she just started like sitting down and drawing, mm-hmm. just like you know. Um, and um, you know, she's like a year and a half. And um, usually, I feel like you see kids they're holding crayons like this, like you know, like they're like I yeah, yeah. I don't know. How would you explain this? It's like you're like, holding a
1: baseball bat.
0: Yeah, you're like holding a baseball bat, um, or and uh, and but she had this kind of. She was holding it like a pen, yeah, you know, and drawing, and uh, so you know, I had to send a photo of that to my right, dad. Right. It's know. a sign. <laughs> it's, yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh no, it's the beginning of the end. Don't do it.
1: She wasn't holding it like a bow. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> when no. She brushes her teeth. It's right, like a exactly. Inch. She does
0: like brushing her teeth. She's really excited. You know, she's always bringing the brush, you know, toothbrush, over after you know she has a meal, like you know like I'm like okay that's a good habit let's yeah. let's, let's see how it goes <laughs> when you get older and it's no longer cool to brush your teeth right and you don't want you to know. deal with it yeah
1: <laughs> so she could be an artist she could be a musician we don't yeah.
0: know yeah or you know maybe she should go into finance just for all yeah. of our sakes <laughs> you know we'll, we'll see we'll see <laughs> we'll see how it all goes if North Korea doesn't bomb you know us uh, or right, you know, right. Yeah. <laughs> I was just listening to the thing that the the sirens went over um Tokyo, Chaka oh, yeah. first time since, since Second World War II, War, yeah. like last week. That's got to be horrible to, to older this, people who've lived right. through that, you know. And this guy said, who builds bunkers, uh, I was just listening when I was driving here, that he's had, you know, maybe a year he would get 10 queries about building an underground bunker. Yeah. It's gone over 800. Oh, jeez. It's... He never... <laughs> He's like, this is where you probably feel conflicted about when your business is doing better right. than what you're used to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You don't want that business to
1: be booming. <laughs>
0: right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fear is a good selling point, as we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess so. Know, so. That's true. Yeah. That yeah. is true. Um. <laughs> so where did, where did you grow <laughs> It just grow got up? dark really yeah, fast. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> On that note,
1: <laughs> where did you grow
0: up? Um, I grew up in Calcutta, mm-hmm. India, till I was 12. You were 12? I was 12. I think I was 12. I was thinking last night that... Was I 12? Or 13 when I moved. Sometimes I just don't remember. I don't even know if I want to remember. Yeah. But I, it was around there, you know. Um, and So we moved to Phoenix. Um, Whoa. Yeah. To the heat. To the heat. To from the dry the heat. heat. To the heat. Yeah, from, the, from the muggy you know sauna swampy, heat, swampy mosquitoes to this kind of dry arid you know sun bleached yeah climate strip malls and all um i remember there was a there was like the apartment we were living in when we first moved across from it there was this huge just open land kind of marsh not marshy but kind of dry arid and uh and like the thing we saw you know, from like maybe the window was. Uh, I think it was like a Burger King. I just remember seeing the Burger King logo, <laughs> yeah. and it just seemed you know like it's weird things you remember, right? You know? Or like uh, or the uh, the light of like in grocery stores that kind of fluorescent. This the is glow. like pre daylight balance fluorescent, right. where like everything just looks slightly wrong. Right, it's like know? one of
1: those bug lights. that <laughs> <Like laughs> yeah. changes the color yeah. of everything. Yeah,
0: yeah. super strong. And that kind of, you know, like I remember growing up, you know, and I would go to the market with my dad or my uncles and, you know, just, which is very different than going to an enormous grocery store and like getting things, you know, that was a funny, that was a big transition. That's a big transition.
1: And 12 is, I mean, you have plenty of. It's like the worst time to move. You have plenty (laughs) of memories. It's not like you're like, you know, five or six and there's a little of both. I mean, you were pretty much flipped upside down there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, it's one of those things people would always ask, and people have asked um, since whenever they ask where I'm from. It's like, what was it like to move? And I don't know if I can even articulate what it would be like, what it was, except that it happened, mm-hmm. and then I was here. I mean, it's weird to think that, like, that was like my first flight. Yeah, right. Like, to to and, Phoenix, <laughs> but to LA, and then there was some issue with our visas or something. And so they, they kind of, I think they held us at the airport. I have like this vague memory and then it was fine. And so then we, you know, took a little shorter flight from LA to, um, Phoenix. But, um,
1: were you excited or kind of nervous or do you remember how you were feeling about the possibilities or were you, I don't think
0: I stressed. I think I was like highly stressed and anxious. And I, um, I think I was afraid. Yeah. Um, ex- mainly about this kind of tr- this basic transition. Um, I don't think I was like excited uh, by this prospect of oh we're going to the U.S. I mean yeah. maybe I was a little bit. I think I was excited that oh, school's going to be easier now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I won't have to stay up yeah. till midnight yeah. doing my homework yeah. every day and wake up at six and you know go to school and then go to uh, you know private lessons after that and I mean it's just you know when you're in like sixth grade or seventh grade so that was nice I was like oh you know a little more (laughs) me time in the meantime um you know I think I could have like skipped a grade and I'm really happy my parents decided not to go ahead with that and and just bring me in in seventh grade just so I had a little bit of time to acclimate. Right. I think yeah. that was really helpful. Yeah. Um,
1: Especially because, like being around kids not your own age.
0: Might, exactly. It's daunting anyways. Right? Yeah.
1: Adapting to the new social dynamic.
0: Social, yeah, lunch, yeah. breakfast, you know, um, carton milks, you know, those little ones. <laughs> yeah. The, the chocolate milks. Um, Public you know, yeah. all of that, you know. It is it is weird because you go into a school and, and a lot of them, you know, if it's public school and it's zoned, you know, based on where you live, they've been coming into that. Like, a lot of them obviously went to school together, in yeah. kindergarten, et cetera, grade school. And uh, I imagine it's always hard. Yeah. You know, but at that time, it's also especially weird. Right. You know? And so
1: different than if you move to, like, somewhere like New York City, where the right. schools, there's exactly. so much movement. People mm-hmm. are always moving around. And-
0: yeah, I think there was... Yeah, I mean, I was thinking the other day about going to growing up or, you know, doing that in my high school there. Um, I didn't have those issues of, um, like, I was very aware that I was stood out, you know, in terms of kind of the racial or the breakup, you know, demographic, but on the other hand, I feel like people are just at that age are so hyper neurotic anyway it's, it's all like, those
1: chemicals <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: <laughs> exactly
1: bubbling around in there you know, uh-huh. it's, it's not a, a no. good mixture for anything really no I mean. <laughs> no I'm like
0: wow is there a way to like just skip that skip over that right you know <laughs> um, but yeah it's uh, I go I, you know I go back um, to Arizona because my dad still lives there yeah but uh, you know he's moved because we lived in Phoenix, and he doesn't live there anymore, so. Um, but the few times I've been back in that area, um, it is you know, it's weird to go back. Yeah. To these different places, and you know I don't go back to India as much as as um, I always wish I could. But um, you know, but we're we're re- getting ready in a year or two because you know my all my relatives, my aunts and uncles, they live there. Mm-hmm. and um, they want to see the family they want to see the family <laughs> they want to meet our, you know the kiddo yeah you know so that'll be intense yeah you know um, so yeah, it always seems be, like a big a huge thing yeah too, too yeah cool, you know? definitely like a lot of lot of a um, uh, lot of expectation right you know yeah and I'm horrible at staying in touch with people oh, so that's yeah. like and then there's this incredible guilt right. of not emailing and The last, you know, calling or calling,
1: right? All of that, you know? It's all those commitments of like I know, <laughs> connection <laughs> yeah. and staying connected, right? As okay. if it's not hard enough to be in New York, and it's not yeah. busy enough here. You know, yeah, yeah. It can Just take up all your time and life all your gets energy. Complicated, yeah, yeah definitely. Like, why is life?
0: You know, it's like that's why I'm like, like I need to simplify. I need, I need to figure out a way to simplify my life.
1: Yeah, but as an artist, it's like we need that yeah. that mental space too you need right. a certain percentage mm-hmm. of your mind to just mm-hmm. be able to drift and think visually right. you know what i mean like that time oh, yeah. like you're talking about after you hang a show mm-hmm. there's the time in between that when you really start working on the new whatever yeah. you're doing yeah you need like just downtime Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. And that's what gets hard as you get older you have all yeah. the responsibilities and all that stuff and it's it's finding that downtime, that mental clarity of of thinking visually, which gets tricky.
0: Yeah, and it's also I find that whenever I'm doing one thing, like whatever I'm doing something else creeps in, like, you know, like um, you know, because we live right by Prospect Park, so I'll, you know, kind of walk around, you know, with our daughter Isadora, and so I'm like taking, and I started kind of Last week, after who knows how long, like a year and a half long hiatus, I started like running with her, uh-huh. you know, and then we go by this area and I'm, and there's always like this, these kind of upside down trees, like out in the distance. And I'm like, I was looking at those and I'm, like, like I could do something with that. I, you know, and I feel like at that moment, if I could transport myself to my studio, yeah. you know, and jot some things down, right. You know, there's like, you know, or you're on the subway. It's just like things happen always out of context. Yeah. And like to hold on to those things. Right. Seems. Take a snapshot somehow. Yeah. Or just like telling yourself, remember that. or Remember yeah. that. You know, remember that. Yeah. Like um, a mental snapshot. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Like photo, photographs don't do the same thing for me. Yeah. It's like, uh, um, and I always, I'm always um, thankful when I go and go look at things in person but it seems like such a, before from the time when you make a decision to go do something, to the um, to the time you do it, that phase seems to be, like to pull yourself away from whatever else you could be doing. Yeah. For me, it seems really difficult, but uh, but but I'm always happy and I'm always thankful I did it. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel definitely re-energized. Yeah. So that's like the other thing. Yeah. I just kind of walked around Lower East Side yesterday, saw some things. I'm like, oh, that was. You know, it was tight, but I'm glad I did it.
1: Yeah. It was fun. Well, when you were younger... Yeah. Um, ...even before you came to Phoenix... Yeah. ...were you sort of perceptive like that? Were you creative, and were you looking at yeah. things differently than a lot of other kids?
0: I think and so. I, I drew a lot. I mean, my dad, you know, has these these stories that he always likes to tell people. Like, I think I was, you know, I guess I was just drawing. as When I was like three or four, I was drawing fairly regularly and my dad is you know he has like a i think he's a really good designer naturally so like he would give me drawing lessons i think he was like my first art teacher yeah you know and i took lessons from this college um student i remember he used to um, teach uh, weekend classes in his house and sometimes he'd come over to our house yeah and we used to um i'm trying to think um Yeah, I remember things, objects. I remember, like, in my grandfather's house, like, on my mom's side, which is unusual that, you know, that your um, grandparents live so close to you. Mm -hmm. So my mom's, you know, so, okay, so backing up, it's, like, kind of a traditional house. Like, I I lived in an extended family um, with my dad's family, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and my dad is oldest of five siblings, and you know so a lot of them lived in the house so i like grew up with like grandparents and uncles like everyone around yeah. like a four story house but then my mom's side of the family lived like maybe five houses down mm-hmm. so i would go there and my and my grandfather would was like the math teacher and things like that so uh but uh so I, I just remember like spending time with him and uh he you know he had like uh these uh small ceramic um kind of uh, dolls and objects that he had in like on a shelf that his uh, daughter had sent him or brought with him because she used to live in London and he spent some time there and objects are always I was always drawn to like things and we used to spend there's like a big festival that happens every fall in Kolkata it's the Durga Puja it's like a huge thing and I used to always go with with my uncles and my dad and I think I remember just sitting on the floor drawing all the time. Yeah. I mean around like hundreds and hundreds of people. So you had it in you, I guess. Were yeah. they were your parents creative? Is that my d- my dad was. I think my mom was. She, I mean, I Think they were both really sensitive people. Yeah. Um, I think my dad came out of a he was part of a kind of a family that like his fa- his father, my grandfather on my dad's side was in business, so he was kind of pushed into that field but uh, like he still draws you know he'll send me images like you know with like so here are like three options for a composition of this drawing I've been working on yeah what, which one you know he like you know like what should I do at the top of this it feels <laughs> empty I mean he's um yeah he's he's um <laughs> the flip side of that sometimes I remember that um, if something is like a hairline wrong, mm-hmm. like I remember him teaching me how to cut mats for drawings, yeah. and I would just never would do it right. Precisionist. <laughs> yeah, he has that engineering background, yeah. so it's like if it's a millimeter off, right. it's wrong. Yeah. Like it's not kind of, somewhat right is not, you know, it has yeah. to be right, exact, or it's not it's right. Wrong. Yeah, yeah, so black and that white. Is, <laughs> that is, uh, I don't know how that has translated into what I do, but I guess you stick with it until... Yeah it it works yeah you know, i i think that hasn't gone away
1: so when you made the transition over to phoenix were you what was the creative side of being over here like did you have good art classes a good art teacher or were you doing it or I what was, was your path were your parents you know seeing yeah. you as becoming a creative person or
0: it was like it's like it fell under the the uh framework of hobby mm-hmm. you know and it was basically that until I decided to apply to RISD um, for undergrad. I think with the two days to go, and um, that's far away. Did you, that's far? How away. did, how did <laughs> you know? Big, yeah, but uh, no, I always did it on the side. Like some, I remember some summers I, I took a watercolor class um, from somebody mm-hmm. in the in you know. Um, this is you know, I don't even remember how I found it. I think we went to an art supply store and somebody had put a sign saying you know. Like, people offer classes. And I did it on my own. I would always do it. But, um, yeah, it was more really basic. Like, uh, things like, you know, a lot of schools have public art classes. Um, In in high school, you know, I took art. But I think it was, those are more, like, places for me to... um, be able to do that. Right. It wasn't. It it did not. Uh, it did not fill, or it did not. Um, it wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna do this. Like, um, it wasn't as the a escape. profession. There yeah, wasn't yeah. like a thought like, I will be an artist, or I will end up doing this. It was almost. I think my parents, and me, I always did it to mm-hmm. some degree constantly. There was never like a long period where I didn't draw or paint, and. But I didn't really go to museums. I didn't grow up going to museums. I mainly grew up looking at things and wanting to draw them, yeah. and then and uh, and ima- and uh, and drawing from my head. You know, it was very like I lived, I suppose, in a kind of a theoretical bubble. I was in a, I'm an only child, mm-hmm. so a lot of my time I spent <laughs> in your in head. my room <laughs> drawing. Yeah, you know, my uh, my dad has this. I remember uh, one of the first interactions like, or not one of the first, but I like at one point he told He was talking about me like I'm not there in third person Uh to my wife and uh, you know, I always find out things about myself when he tells her things Mm -hmm. And then she'll tell me like did you know that I'm like no, that's (laughs) news to me but uh, you know uh, him saying that, yeah, Shangram was a really, really good kid. He was very quiet. He just like sat in his room and he drew, and he was very quiet. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that's that's not a good thing. <laughs> like <laughs> that might be the beginning of <laughs> something that needs to be, you know. <laughs> like, so, but I think it's also it's generational. It's uh, it's like ideas about child rearing It's. Yeah. Uh, um, I think it was a kind of a escape hatch for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, you know, like between you know, I was horrible at video games. Mm-hmm. Like I had, like, and like you know, when when your friend's like f- seven year old brother like kicks your ass in like vi- on video games, it's, you you're like you down. never want to yeah, do yeah, that you again. Just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so it's not like, like you're gonna practice it. Like right. I really need to get good at yeah. this. It's I like, think, like, uh, uh, but I do remember this like in seventh grade there was like a comp- apple 2 uh-huh. is it yeah, apple 2 yeah, 2E? yeah that 2E. had like paint shop yep is that the it the, was the
1: square like little square yeah
0: and i um i would make i would draw like mm-hmm. you know pixel by pixel like uh, uh in you know um like scenes like uh, uh from like based on video games uh uh-huh. i'm like if i was only doing that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah you know and you know, on that kind of paper that mm-hmm. like pools it's like it's set up what is that called like the like they're like they're not yeah, I guess they are dot matrix printers, like colored dot matrix printers, yeah, and um I just remember like wanting that was like my you know that was another thing, right you know you were the, into those, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like really obsessive, you know, like you know drawing Mario with like seven pixels or something right. like that and Like creating new levels and things like that.
1: That's cool. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What was it like being an only child in such a big family? You know what I mean? Yeah. You were the the only child. Yeah, I was the only child. I was was the oldest. So there was
0: like none of the other, uh, my uncles uh, had kids yet. Um, I had a cousin who lived, um, you know, like half an hour away, who was older than me. So I would see him, you know, for holidays or here and there. What was it like? I don't know how to... I guess you play. don't know it otherwise. I don't know. I don't know. I, d- I don't know any different. But all don't eyes don't... were on you being the the yeah. kid,
1: you know? I
0: think growing up, I didn't... F- I don't think I had a lot of whatever the, Whatever it means to have time to play. I mean, I did play, but there was a lot of anxiety about um, school. Yeah. And uh, I did like, you know, we lived... On the ground floor and i after my dad moved um so he moved to arizona before we we came so he was here for five years before my mom and i moved for work yeah that's like a whole other story like he had us he had a business in calcutta that he sold mm-hmm. um things were not going great and i think the last straw was some of the workers stole some things and he was like all right i'm done I'm out of you here. know like yeah. it never he's very uh morally um, kind of um, just like believes people should do things right yeah. and just kind of as a moral center and some of aspects of running a business there with paying bribes and all of that did mm-hmm. not like he didn't really take to those things right. you know which you know his brothers may have or somebody else would be like oh that's just part of how you make do business you yeah. get things done um, anyway so that was so that was part of it he had like a travel kind of bug you know he wanted to either move here or move to Germany he was Mm -hmm. studying German and then he got into um, a school in Arizona um, for management like and he thought well I'll do that'll be kind of a way to go there and study maybe international management there Mm -hmm. so he moved and he was in school and then after he graduated and got a job my mom and I moved over here yeah. And, uh, but during that time when he was away we were you know we're still in the house we're living but I do remember um, voices I like the idea of like things happening behind or around me yeah. you know and like I remember you know, people eat late so it's like I could hear when my uncles would come home from work right. or you can you, you can hear things cooking mm-hmm. um, you know there were there were I never liked taking naps after, mm-hmm. I guess, kids' tone, probably. Like, I would come home at, like, 3 and then, you know, eat something. And my, I would, you know, my, the, the, the idea was I would take a nap and wake up, have a snack, and start doing my homework. Yeah. And, but sometimes I would, you know, I would sleep through. There was a little window of 45 minutes when I could go play. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I would sleep through that. And I'd wake up and realize it's like the sun had set, and I'd be, would bummed be really bummed out. Yeah, yeah. You know, or like you know, yeah. they would. A few of my neighborhood friends would go by the you know the gate and like call my name mm-hmm. to see if I wanted to play, and I knew I couldn't. Yeah, which was like, Ugh. you know, yeah, crushing. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a, yeah. Um, so weekends were a little bit better, but I guess the other part of that was I was. It was always there was always somebody around mm-hmm. to talk to. Yeah. You know, which was nice. Some vibrancy, you know, like... It's yeah, yeah. People it,
1: coming and going and... So you yeah. didn't
0: feel alone, even No, though. I don't think I ever felt alone in that sense. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've always been around older people. You know, I sometimes think like... Um, like, uh, yeah, like because I'm an only child and I didn't have too many friends <laughs> growing up, my general kind of people I was around were, you know, tended to be... Adults, yeah. Adults, and uh I, I think about that in relationship to the type of painter I've become or my current kind of demographic of friends and things like that, yeah, you know how that shaped yeah. the path
1: yeah. well, how was RISD? I mean you were around a lot of probably young yeah um excited was, energetic yeah. artists <laughs>
0: yeah it's uh I was really excited to be there. I was scared, I remember like I think within the first month once like. I slept through, like, my morning class, mm-hmm. you know, like, I had a, the foundation classes are eight hours long, and I remember sleeping through. Eight hours? Yeah, it's from eight to five. Jeez. I think it's great. I think, I think I'll, you know, Yeah. have the best foundation Immersion, program. Immersion, to say the least. <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> Immersion.
0: Yeah, and I had a teacher, Joanne Stryker, who used to be the, I don't know if she still is a um, program director of foundation. But I was in a drawing class and I remember, I think I slept through and I woke up, her TA called me and mm-hmm. said, you know, are you coming and whatever. And I got there and, you know, her saying, well, you're probably going to fail the class, you know, <laughs> you know. And I I, I, be- I was so gullible. I just believed right. her. I'm like, well, just keep working hard. But, you know, chances are, you know you know you'll just skate by right you know? it was like, <laughs> you know, like the third week it's like the thing you fear you yeah know? you know waking up and just like running down this hill and you know with all your with your like five foot foam core drawing board and, <laughs> and just like, i'm late and i see that now you know i see students yeah. coming to my class in with that look of right. utter fear and freak out right um like stammering and i'm like yeah. It continues, you yeah, know. Yeah. but it was good. I I I made some good friends, and I I have some, some teachers I connected with.
1: And what what years were you at RISD?
0: I was there from '95 through '99. That's a was, Rhode was that a good time. Was it well, good time? Well,
1: I think Providence. There was a lot of energy there. There was a lot of energy. The music scene was really yeah. jumping, and yeah, there were a lot of really great people who are out there working now who were there then
0: yeah yeah definitely it was the city changed around that time by the time i left there was the water fire had started Uh do you know about this i don't water fire is this i think it was part of this whole downtown revitalization Mm -hmm. kind of element where uh it starts i think late spring i could be wrong i think it's late spring goes through the summer where you know the you know they have like gondolas going down the water and like it's like this you know the downtown shifted because downtown used to be kind of spooky and like it was like people would come in work and on weekends it would be deserted no it yeah super deserted felt like you're walking through like a movie set yeah you know like a but that changed you know the the big mall came in and the, i remember people being not some people not being very happy about right. that um uh, but I, yeah, I liked I like Providence. You yeah, know? I always felt uh, even the things I did not relate to about Phoenix, I l- related very directly to Providence. Yeah, which is a kind of you know that the buildings had a type of history and mm-hmm. the architecture had a kind of past, and um, you know, for better or worse. Um, and I don't know, th- there was a kind of age, there was a kind of material age yeah. um, that was present everywhere. And that was exciting. Yeah. Just to walk around there was was fun. Phoenix is just open and flat and kind of... Yeah, yeah. Phoenix. I mean, once you get out of the city, the nature is beautiful. Yeah. But I think where I was in my life and how I was thinking and what I found connection to, I think I like cities that have a kind of... Um, that are complicated, I guess. In, yeah. in, in and and the complication is present in the architecture. And mm-hmm. I didn't know how to articulate that before. I was just like, I just like that things felt, and maybe because I could relate to it. Yeah, you know. Did um, you ever get to Boston? Because that's yeah, very I, much like that. yeah, yeah. The I history did. is huge yeah. there. I did a I did an internship my last year in senior year in Boston. Yeah, uh, at a at a small 3D design firm mm-hmm. for split second I was thinking maybe I would go into like be an animator or do 3d animation so I kind of mm-hmm. was working with some people at this place did there. you like it um no <laughs> <laughs> it was not for me <laughs> yeah you know like I too learned too structured how to, huh was it too structured it wasn't too structured I think it was that um I mean I like the idea of learning certain software like yeah. Maya and uh and Light. uh like what was it called um not Lightroom, uh, I know, I Lightwave. I think it was called Lightwave. Okay. They're basically th- different 3D modeling yeah. softwares. You know, I did some kind of, uh, but I don't think it was, um, I mean, granted painting can be a solitary experience and that can be too, but I just didn't like the idea of looking at a screen yeah. for hours. Like I think I just got, uh, it didn't, yeah, it wasn't interesting. Yeah. you know, It was like one of those things I liked doing on the side like web design, right. you know, like I learned how to do some of that stuff at RISD as part of my work study. Mm-hmm. And the people say like, well, you could, why don't you do that for a living? I'm like, well, I just want to do mine and my friends. I don't want this. You know what I mean? Yeah. it's, it's don't like not do it all the time. Just something I can do. I can do it for a little bit. But, but if it becomes like a job mm-hmm. that I'm just doing all the time, I don't think... I think creatively in that space yeah to the degree that i feel like i do when i'm you know in here mm-hmm. working. yeah um yeah boston i like boston um um to some degree um i like the some of the areas i liked uh, south station in that area mm-hmm. but uh it's a funny it's a it's a funny place. It I is. haven't been back in a while. Do you go, do you have, do you spend
1: time there? I mean, you? I've been there, yeah. not too, too much, but I've been there yeah. enough to get, to catch the feeling of it,
0: of the yeah. place, you know. Some parts of, some parts of Boston feel like there are certain cities where I feel like I feel comfortable in. Yeah. I, I don't know if I feel comfortable. Yeah, that, in Boston, I don't know. To be completely frank. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and even Providence now, when I've gone back, I see it slightly differently. Yeah, and I feel like when you're when you've left that umbrella of a kind of educational space and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, it just lives differently in my head. Yeah. Um, You know, yeah.
1: Yeah, I can totally imagine that. I mean, it's like I feel, I I can get some of that feeling of discomfort Mm -hmm. in Boston or like when I'm in rural Pennsylvania. Yeah. And I'm like a white average. Mm -hmm. White male, you right, know what right, I mean? right? And I'm feeling that, so yeah, like, so yeah, I think there's like I can totally relate to that, yeah. like places where you can just feel like comfortable, you know,
0: right. or you it's not quite, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's a vibe, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's definitely it's, a vibe. Uh, I mean, and I've spent, I mean, majority of the country operates under that, yeah, you know, I've, I've you know, I lived in Indiana, Wisconsin, you know.
1: Oh, so, well, let's get into Sorry that. D- Sorry I'm jumping. You, oh, no, no, <laughs> but
0: you graduated RISD, and then, when, did you go right to grad school? I did go gra- right to grad school, okay. to Indiana.
1: And did you, you just wanted more time, or wanted more I, th- I think focus?
0: Yes, yeah, so my whole, this is, I feel like I'm always, like, backing into my life, mm-hmm. you know? Like, uh, sometimes I think, like, you know, you need you need a plan. You know, when people say, what's your five-year plan, what's your ten-year plan? You know, I'm like, um, you know, sometimes I'm like, I need to have a better answer. I need a plan, but uh, I think Risty was great because it was the first time where I was like thinking that this was possible, Mm -hmm. and um, and I didn't feel comfortable. Part of it was, you know, family. Like, you know, if I had told my parents I'm like gonna go into painting, they would have been like. What are you doing? Yeah, like that was. It wasn't. I shouldn't say it was a stretch for them to let me go because people ask, "Oh, you know, you're, you're Indian. or your parents supportive, or you know, kind of the the traditional notion that you know that um, doctor, lawyer, doctor, lawyer, engineer. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, you know. <laughs> I think at one, you know, so I didn't do any of those things. Um, so, but uh, you know, I think for my dad, it was or my parents it was mainly like if you can you know support yourself yeah. like you know so into that degree there were so i thought illustration seems like a good realistic mode to go into mm-hmm. you know you can use your drawing skills you can be creative but there's some kind of market yeah aspect to this that's you're useful to someone. very useful <laughs> and i realized very very quickly i was a horrible illustrator yeah like i just didn't think like that like I did, I wasn't like a problem solver in that way. Yeah. Um I think um I ruminate too long I, yeah. or I change my mind too quick uh too often in the process. And so I ended up like working with people and taking mainly painting classes, but then had to do these other things which um and so grad school was really a way for me to say like okay for two years I'm just gonna paint. Right. You know and uh, and I think I needed to Um, I needed to see if I wanted to do this, what it meant, um, figure out, like, you know, just needed the numbers of, like, I had to just make a lot of paintings um, to The focus, too, right? Because
1: at RISD, you were probably diversifying your...
0: I was diversifying, I was trying things, but, you know, there was a lot of catch-up for me, too. Like, I didn't come from, like, I didn't go to an arts high school. I didn't, as much as I was around Kind of I was drawing and thinking I wasn't connected to the history yeah. of art in that way it was it was very much kind of you know um, just kind of an internal uh, push or internal kind of need to make images mm-hmm. as opposed to thinking of it in a larger framework yeah, and I think RISD started kind of opening that up you know started going to museums more when I was there, so grad school was really. Trying to bring these things together, like yeah. what kind of images do I want to make, and um, did it work? <laughs> well, I did. Y- yes and no. I think uh, yeah, I I I made a lot of paintings uh-huh. that were bad. Um, you know, I think there are kernels of what I'm doing now that are uh, were in there. Mm-hmm. I think I realized there that I was not really into hero worshiping. There was a lot of people who. I feel like people fall under hero worship mode, whether it's like worshiping your contemporaries or recent, con- or, you know, a generation or two above you or historical precedents. Yeah. And um, there was a strong kind of figurative bend there, which made sense why I went there. This is Indiana. This right? is Indiana, but uh, the program was going through changes and. Uh, um, you know, it's it, this is like pre-internet. Yeah. This is like pre-research. And you go by your teacher's suggestions. Mm-hmm. Oh, you should go here. But their information might also be dated. Right. You know, by like 20 years. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, you know, but 20 years, things have changed. Or mm-hmm. 10, 15 years, things have changed. So I feel like I was operating under dated information, possibly. Yeah. But that being said, I you know, I would say... I got a lot of work done and then it was more like figuring out I feel like in some ways I've always figured things out on my own mm-hmm. um, and uh, I had I had some I had some there you know it's like you remember phrases in school and so I remember those things yeah and um, see being an only child prepared you for
1: that kind of finding he, out on your own you yeah know? yeah
0: I just didn't you not know, leaning on others and just yeah. finding your own way yeah, and I feel like there were some good people when I was there who uh good painters, good people who I was I'm glad I met them, you mm-hmm. know. And uh who are still making work and I feel it's great to still be in touch with them, but um um yeah, I I feel like with painting there's for me at least it feels there are no shortcuts. Mm-hmm. You just have to go through it and uh and uh it just it just you just have to you just have to keep going um and uh and yeah and then but the problem with that also is that you change <laughs> you know yeah. what worked then would is not going to work now like right. i'm always amazed when people's work stay the same and in you know or say very very close to the same and 50 years have gone by yeah you know, like you know how, and I'm curious about people's lives. Like some people's lives change so dramatically and drastically, and other people's lives don't. Yeah. You know, so it's, I think it's just how how certain lives are lived. You know,
1: it's, I think some people feed on a sort of routine. I mean, imagine On He made those paintings, you know, the date paintings every yeah. day for yeah. his whole life. I yeah,
0: mean, that's impressive. That is impressive. I can't it's... imagine doing that. Yeah, I can't. Uh... I think well that has a lot to do with like um, um, I th- and yeah and I think there are comparisons to that in contemporary art and, but that kind of like how do you unify or how do you bring um, rigor and mm-hmm. intensity in a in a not just a specific work but kind of an and this la- this larger thought that I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna keep doing this you right. know and um, I feel like it's a way of thinking about your life too, I feel like really pulled from different places, yeah. just, you know, in terms of tradition, in terms of uh, what I'm drawn to, um, I feel like people who have kind of voracious or who are interested in a lot of different things, they're just, their general way of living is very different than uh, people who have a few things that they really care about yeah. deeply, uh, or like Morandi, you know, I think yeah. about that, you know, someone like him, right. you know. I think of them together a lot, you know. Yeah. That'd be a fun show to see. It would be. Right? Like yeah. Core.
1: Yeah. And, uh, I mean, and, and more it's basically the same thing. Either you're investigating all this stuff yeah. and adapting to all of it, yeah. Yeah. or you're investigating this kind mm. of core idea or right. way and just doing it, uh, yeah. you know, to the nth degree, to where you're really honing in. You know, it's right, kind of right. like a macro-micro thing.
0: Well, it's also like, how, how, does, the, how does that that idea um articulate itself like do you do you approach an idea through the lens of an idea mm-hmm. um, and then the work kind of follows or the work is a transformation or a encapsulation or articulation of that idea or do you make and then almost uh in spite of your best efforts you end up making your painting you know like you you just end up there because it's like in your DNA right so I find for myself like uh, the paintings of mine that I've done that where I was um, almost too forceful about idea Mm -hmm. or like I wanted to be this way they work as images but when I if I'm like falling asleep and I'm thinking if I have to like someone asked me like describe 10 paintings of yours like those paintings They're would not, not show up yeah. like as being really a, you know like if they, if it was like a burning building right. and I had to like remove them from the building I don't think I would go after those paintings yeah. it's the ones where the idea is very sublimated in the imagery that the voice and the hand is really the thing that's pulling it together Yeah. so I guess you know this notion of trusting your voice as an extension of your idea is more i tried to i tried to try you know I tried to kind of care about that more try to think about that more, or just be in that place more
1: were you finding that in grad school because that can be a tough time because if you do yeah. kind of like you're trying i mean it seems like a lot of your work is that kind of interior voice or kind of exploration yeah. that maybe yeah. isn 't mapped out it 's not the five year plan it's like the five minute plan like you're you're improvising or yeah. Letting a certain yeah. amount of looseness in it. Yeah. And that can be tough in school because a lot of times they require you to be definitive about everything. Just yeah. to make sure you're on point. Yeah. How is that dynamic?
0: Um, well, I had a funny, you know, I had different kinds of things. I remember doing this. Like I knew I had this thought and this is the things about like where skill comes in as a as a kind of a marker and as a dangerous element um, like I was like drawing figures, mm-hmm. like drawing people, but like who are these people and ho- how did they live and and uh, so I think most of grad school is trying to figure out who are the people in yeah. the paintings and how did they appear and um, you know I tried to do like a big like a party painting. It was like the biggest painting on linen. I tried. I think a rabbit could skin the. Um, Linen wrong, mm-hmm. it like started warping, I eraskinned it again, it got worse. The wood warp I mean, it was like every disaster, yeah. and the painting was just like a horrible mess. <laughs> I was like, what is that like it wasn't like it wasn't me, you know right. like, I was trying to make like a weirdly pseudosexual painting. It was like a aftermath of a party mm-hmm. and it, it was like. It's like I have n- nothing to, re- like it's, I've never been to that party, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I've never been invited to that party that I was trying to paint. That's not uh, your voice really. Yeah. Yeah. It just didn't. So, and I was working through like inspirations, mm-hmm. you know, people who I admired and, and um, um, like the Spanish realist Antonio Lopez Garcia was like mm-hmm. a big, like, I was like, wow, these are amazing. And uh, so I remember, you know, trying that you know like and realizing i don't have the, i don't i'm not willing to commit 10 years of my life to a painting that's not gonna happen um you know standing on the median of a street Mm -hmm. at like between 5 a.m and 6 a.m to do a painting all right so that's out of the equation (laughs) you know like i can't subscribe to that um so I think it was a lot of that, like figuring, trying to figure out whose voice you didn't, that didn't really link up with yours yeah. and trying to come to something. But it is funny. I don't know if it's funny, but it's interesting that there's a sense of transience or um, in-betweenness that mm-hmm. I've always felt that I was trying to articulate. So I ended up graduating, trying, doing these paintings yes. of um, people in airplanes because I was traveling, you know, like I would be in, you know, flights from Phoenix to Indiana, Indiana, pro- or Phoenix to um, you know Providence before Phoenix yeah. to Boston, like these long cross country, and I would draw all the time. People, you know, and on the, you know, at the airport. So a lot of my sketchbook was filled with drawings like that, and yeah. I thought, like, well, maybe this should enter in. Like, how do I? So I, the last painting I did, and this is, I feel like very. It's a funny thing because my wife says that I'm very all or nothing. I'm Mm -hmm. like trying to figure out how to be balanced. So I made, I went from doing like paintings with one figure, maybe two, to like a painting with like 20. Mm -hmm. Like that was my, going from a painting that's a square that's five feet to a painting that's like, I think 14 feet long and two feet tall. Jeez. Like these kind of so if I look back, you know, psychologically, like wow, that's a and that makes sense because yeah. why would you do anything in the middle? Right. Like I wasn't like slowly putting one person in, another person in, and that, and I think that has continued like this. How do you navigate a space where things are there's tension? Uh, how do you intensify the tension of that in between moment? Yeah. You know. Um, and yeah, so that that I worked on that on this body of work. Um, for a long, for a while, like five, six years, yeah. you know. And I don't know about you, but I always feel like you try. You're doing something for a certain f- purpose, but then the work gets understood differently. Right. And people are making these connections to uh, the Ashcan School and mm-hmm. kind of an that kind of urban space. Um, and I was like, that's that's not in my head. That's not where I was going. Like that's not what I was thinking about. So that made me reconsider. So yeah. I think it's also the translation of the work. And, uh, you know, as the work leaves your studio and goes, you know, seen in a gallery or seen by people, that was a new thing. Did that know? start pushing you into abstraction a bit? I don't or know, getting away yeah, from the well, figure? Yeah, that's, that's, well, that's always that kind of a, you know, um, question about abstraction. I think it was about clarifying what the role of... Um, imagery and, and recognition mm-hmm. serve in a painting for me I think the thing at least for me it felt that there was this uh, when, you can, when you can recognize clearly what you're looking at based on a kind of language like a kind of naturalism mm-hmm. um, naturalistic representation there's a type of familiarity and that sometimes that familiarity can make somebody check out of that and be like oh yeah well i i know what that is so i don't need to spend some time there right and i was trying to i'm not you know like i don't want that to happen to my pa- in my paintings mm-hmm. because familiarity is not really my subject matter or what i feel comfortable in yeah so i was trying to figure out how to keep somebody in the painting how to slow the experience down for the viewer and for myself and how to you know, make a painting that is about a certain kind of, where I felt uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know, trying to really bring myself into, into the, into the painting. And part of that was like what do you let go of? You know, what do you you know, how do you how do you work how do you, um, not depend on skill, mm-hmm. but more depend on a voice. Right. Um, and how, and how does that how does skill get used in your voice? It's like a like if you're a really good carpenter and you've been making chairs all your life and you're really good at making chairs, but if you can't, if no, s- suddenly, suddenly no one needs chairs anymore, like mm. what would you make? Right. You know, and I feel like for me it was, it felt like that. Like, uh, what would I do if I wasn't painting a person? Mm-hmm. Like wh- how d- would that get rewired? Yeah. And so at the last, I guess the last four or five years has been a kind of rewiring, uh, but a rewiring as a way to, um, I guess, acknowledge my own kind of headspace mm-hmm. more. Um, and less about safety and mm-hmm. less about, like, oh, I know how this is going to look. I know what's going to end up. Um, and
1: do you find it the viewers have less of a,
0: oh, I get it, and then just a yeah, the quicker better, read? Yeah, there's a flip side. I, I, what I like is there have been more questions. Yeah. I feel like people... St- Recognize the paintings as my paintings still, and my worry was like if I didn't paint recognizable imagery, that people wouldn't.
1: No, but you're, I feel like your touch is so strong. Yeah, your sensibility of how you handle. Yeah, drawing, which yeah. your paintings are like drawings, you know. Yeah. yeah. That that you can, I've seen work of yours that's figurative yeah. and extremely abstract, and it yeah. feels like the same hand. Yeah, that's and an I think advantage. That's, that's you know. That's
0: beginning to trust that. Yeah. I think beginning to and and I people would say that and I would say well of course you're saying that you've known my work for like 10 years like or you know me we're friends and mm-hmm. and uh but I'm beginning to trust that and yeah. that and uh and that's been very on good days that's great yeah other times you're like you know am I am I going down a rabbit hole of like chasing something and then you look back and you're like I don't even know where I am anymore mm-hmm. like that i think that does happen sometimes and that's when i'm like wait i, I just went too far right. like i went to a place was exciting i was curious about this but this isn't really not where i want to hang out yeah you know so then you have to kind of backtrack or come back so finding that balance between you know it's like one of those stories right that you hear people say painter say this writer say this like trying to end up in a place that feels slightly foreign or slightly new. Mm-hmm. You know, like for me, that surprise is important. But I don't want newness or uh, or difference for difference sake. Right. You know, uh, I want it to still feel like me. Mm-hmm. So, and that is a bit unnerving. I feel like the paintings I've been making the last f- few years, uh, there's um, they, for, to me, they feel slightly unnerving. You know, questions about beauty come in all the time, which I you know, and for a while I was like, no, 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 like that's not important. And I would just say beauty is not important to me. But you know, that's not true. <laughs> beauty <laughs> is really important. Like I actually want to make a painting that's beautiful. I think right. beauty is surprising and scary and very misleading. Yeah, and I like the idea that beauty can be attraction, be you know, tr- like a tractor beam, and then you and it can be you know, like someone asked me like, like your paintings are seductive. But but this seduce you to a place you don't really we're not planning to go to. Right. And I like that that thought.
1: Yeah, I mean that's you my know? whole yeah. my whole body of I, you know like what I love to do is yeah. pull people in with images that are seductive yeah. or beautiful, but yeah. the undertones of it are really dark and kind of depressing, you know. And I like that dynamic between the
0: two. Yeah, like you know, um, and so I think about sometimes I think about like um, you know after tell me if I'm going off on a tangent, but like last, you know, not last year, this year, beginning of the year, the election, everything, and there's a lot of things kind of coming together uh, and that crystallized something. I had a friend over to the studio and right after, you know, the couple of paintings were not going well and after he left, I would realize that, okay, I need to clean house. And Mm -hmm. I literally just emptied out my paintings. Um, And I was thinking that, I don't know if it was because, like, you know, I had a, had a child, a you know, new person in my life, and the whole rewiring of your time and everything happens, that suddenly the, I didn't want the paintings to mirror my headspace. I want them to be a place for me to go to mm-hmm. um, and a quiet space. Like, and that's that's different. Like, I think for a long time it was like the... Paintings were animated with full throttle, with a lot of event, a lot of action, a lot of forms, and just. And I think it has a lot to do with where I feel comfortable. Like I like the idea of, like I was saying earlier, about knowing that somebody's upstairs cooking dinner or ch- having a conversation, and, you know, you know, and uh, you know, hearing the radio on things like that. But lately, at least last year um when i would come in here i wanted the studio time to be and the painting in a way to be a place for was a rest space yeah. you know or at least a rest space uh, physically you mm-hmm. know even but then maybe that's where color and other elements can become amplified yeah uh, action is dropped down but instead the hum or the tone is amplified through color yeah so that's that's been a new thing that in the last year I've been thinking about how can I think about color consciously. Of mm-hmm. uh, what does it mean to think about color consciously? Because inadvertently, a question that always comes up when I give a talk, like if I think about like what questions people ask me, it's always, "Can you talk about your color?" And I'm like, and I always like like oh I dread that question because it's like the most intuitive decision for me. Mm-hmm. So I've been thinking about like well. What, what is it like? What do I really do? Like trying to understand it. Can I if I step back and look at the older paintings? Can I find a thread, and that that I can consciously now, um, um like, you know, use yeah. or, or like uh, animate with or, or uh, build with. So that's that's been. Uh, I don't know how I ended up. Where I'm. What am I talking about?
1: No, I think <laughs> I, one of the really interesting things about what you're saying too is that. The viewer isn't necessarily going to know those struggles that you're having. No. Or, you know, how much is this about an orchestrated image of what yeah. I'm thinking? How much of it is me getting lost in my own material and trying yeah. to find my way out? Yeah. How far down I am in the cave. Yeah. And scared to go back or do yeah. I need to come back. But yeah. I think the, the beauty of it is if you're in the studio making those decisions and yeah. you're really responding to it, yeah. then somehow the viewer will feel that, you know, even though it's not a literal connection. Yeah, I think if you're being true to the work and you're really thinking about those things, even if you do go a little too far or you come too far back or whatever, I think as long as you're connecting with Mm -hmm. the work Mm -hmm. and you have that relationship to it, then it will be interesting for people to, I mean, that's kind of altruistic, Mm -hmm. but I Mm -hmm. feel like Mm -hmm. that's the case because I think so many people make work that's just trying to accomplish an exterior goal or like, I'm making this now. Like, yeah. Now yeah. I'm gonna do abstract paintings with, you know, printouts and I'm gonna use a squeegee. Right, and that's my right, work, right, quote unquote. Right, right, right. You know, where if you kinda get lost in your own day to day, and even yeah. if it's a struggle, yeah, that can kind of people can respond to that because there's something real about the connection to what with
0: what you're doing, you know. I you know, I I that's I, I agree. I think that is altruistic. Yeah. Because um and and I hope for that, but I also fear And this is um, Which is like sometimes it's that familiarity of anxiety. Mm -hmm. It can also be doubly um, um, Kind of a what's the word I should use Um, it can be a turn-off like no one wants to be reminded (laughs) It's like it's like being It's you know maybe it starts with someone telling you the world is not flat and fast-forward to now that you know, you know, in a place of there's so much global and national anxiety, like how much more anxiety does a viewer or does somebody interacting with your work uh, can they handle? Mm-hmm. Um, and especially in terms of the relationship of art to entertainment, if entertain is like how many people want to see a movie that's going to make them think, definitely small, but that's not Hollywood. That's yeah. not the general kind of. Function, uh, it's to entertain, it's to give you a place to just like like zone out, yeah. You know, like, well, I think the
1: viewers find it. Like, you notice lately,
0: your viewers find you, or the viewers
1: find the work that, like, you do. I feel like lately, looking at a lot of galleries and going to shows, there's a lot of beautiful work out there, and maybe that is just, yeah, partially, yeah, you know, there's so much. Yeah. Crap going on, and right? There's so many images that are just awful to look at. Yeah, maybe it's nice to just look at something beautiful and admire that or yeah. to enjoy that, yeah. you know. No, I agree. And whereas, like in the early 90s, you yeah. had work that was just mm-hmm. brutal, you mm-hmm. know, and there's a time and space for that too. I think it. Right. it's all kind of,
0: yeah, you know, or like it, you think about like Dada after World War One, or yeah. you think about like post war abstraction or. Middle of World War Two, you know, paintings coming out of Germany and mm-hmm. then American, you know, and uh, Beckmann, all those people, and just or Giacometti. I mean, it is interesting to see also culturally, like where anxiety or um, or a type of um, the parallel that art can handle or art can um, um, contain or yeah. um, a kind of psychological um, anxiety and and it's welcome I don't know if I I should even say welcome but it's like understood like Mm -hmm. it it permeates into the world through art but in other places that is kept at a minimum where you know I do feel like sometimes um here in the US like the when you get into visual art that conversation um is skirted Mm -hmm. um but if you go into music or you go into theater, people do take those on, or literature. Yeah. And I always wonder if it has to do with this relationship to entertainment mm-hmm. so much quicker th- uh, than you know that happens with writing or something like that. Yeah, uh, I think I think uh, I think it's also. Um, what do you want, I think it goes back to like who's looking and what do you want out of it too? yeah, uh, I do agree with you about beauty, and that's where I go back to beauty. I think it is such a uh it's like a word you wouldn't hear like ten years ago, like yeah. I remember you know as it was like the thing you don't, yeah you know, it's like it the, it's it yeah. cycles it's cycles. Know, it's
1: like the Dave Hickey when I was in school, yeah, yeah. the invisible dragon came out, yeah. and beauty yeah. was yeah. a hot topic, uh-huh. you know, it kind of there's a yeah. shame in it and there's a joy in it and there's a reaction against right. it and there's a reaction to it and I but feel there's
0: like the, but there's like the generality of beauty and the specificity of, yeah. uh, of beauty that like Warhol talks about which I always love which is like you know talk about the idea of a perfectly symmetrical face mm-hmm. but then you know you know t- him talking him writing about you know um um what's her name who is now blanking um but then noticing somebody go by, you know, walk down the street, and uh, you see somebody—it's like the, uh, like a lived person mm-hmm. has the awkwardness of somebody sometimes, or the uh, or the asymmetry of a face, or um, the body gestures sometimes. What makes somebody beautiful, or makes you curious about, like, you know, their internal narrative, right? Um, and that does not translate. That that comes out of like a lived experience, yeah. and I think. That's the thing. I think painting can be. I mean, yes, it's an image. Yes, it operates in those ways. But, but I'm thinking that it is. It is a thing. It has a. It has a body to it. Yeah. Um, you know, that that kind of, that idea that it has. Um, it generates. I mean, you know, I'm sure for you too. Like you go to a museum, some paintings keep changing. Yeah. Like I'm like, wow! I never noticed that, or I wouldn't oh, yeah, care for yeah. that. Definitely, um, and then like five years go by, your life's changed, and you're like, "Oh yeah, that piece. Like I can yeah. st- I can learn something from this, right? You know, yeah. It just uh, it just seems like there's so much there, yeah. Um, and that's kind of the beauty of art too, yeah. is that it's constantly changing. In and a then sense. somebody made that. Yeah, I think that's so bizarre. Yeah, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's such a it's just such a strange thing. To and
1: think. It, it generally mirrors society and culture too, yeah. in all sorts of different ways. Like lately, I've been thinking about. Um, digital music like how right. it's there's an aggregate like it's it just kind of like there's an algorithm for what you like and mm-hmm. what it will suggest to you
0: right right right
1: and I feel like Instagram for art is kind of that for probably for collectors or mm-hmm. people it's like oh this is good because yeah. everyone says it's good right, or right, right. your feed becomes <laughs> mm-hmm. people related to what you're looking at right or you know, you go to galleries and mm-hmm. certain galleries, it's like, oh yeah, this is the important work or this mm-hmm. is the good stuff. It's becoming really, um, you know, suggested. Like, right. you know. Right. This, yeah. this is what is good as opposed to just, you know, blazing out and picking out the things it's you really the, like. It's a
0: new tastemaker. Exactly. It's, a, it's this collective tastemaker. It's like a digital curation right. of what you
1: should like, exactly. which is really weird.
0: But Which then, so it's like if before a curator or other artists um, were tastemakers yeah. um, um, or dealers or who like who you literally follow right now you're following Instagram which right. um, you know and they're and this that's setting up a narrative too mm-hmm. and that'll be interesting to see in like five years or ten years how that has affected the entire you know you know what we see yeah. in the world because I mean, uh, there's
1: a total different speed to it too, which I think is the biggest yeah. shift.
0: Changes changes what can and how people use it. I uh. feel like that has that hasn't really been taken into account. Like I think most people put images up and things like that, but I feel like there's a, probably a diff- other ways to really think about using Instagram. Like most people are putting images up of work, and yeah. I'm thinking. Um, maybe there are other ways like if as a way to short circuit yeah like a painting or images going up maybe there are other ways to do things right um, well that.
1: conceptual work did that like conceptual art quote unquote yeah. you know from the 70s that kind of did that in reaction to what was going on you know right I, or if you think about when we were in school, we probably looked. We looked at art form or art in mm-hmm. America, or the, yeah. art news, and that was yeah, like, like oh, this the is back important. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like this is important because right. this show got reviewed. Yeah, and the next
0: crit, there's like you know, every uh, every painting is kind of a, or could be every painting is like that. That's referring to that. Yeah. painting that this saw as an image of you know. Hmm. Um, but like. Also, it's, I think it's about proximity to the physic, physical body too. It's like, so you have the physical body of conversation person to person and then you have the physical body of a painting or an artwork uh, where it's located in a museum or a gallery. And I feel like Instagram makes this kind of, this a democracy, right? Like everyone now has access to these images yeah. and things like that. But the other level is that like how many times do you not go, even in New York or in a place where you have uh, access to seeing things in person, and you go on Instagram just to kind of skim over yeah. like what is being shown. Art fairs, just, art, you yeah. can see them all on Instagram. Right, right. So that's a funny thing that both Instagram and art fairs have like it's like multiply. Yeah, and uh, and then the small kind of galleries are kind of like being squeezed more and more in the mm-hmm. middle, and that's. That's very. That's scary.
1: It's a huge shift.
0: Yeah. But then you have this other shift in other parts of like the slow art, like people being interested in, you know, farm to table and like mm-hmm. knowing where things come from and uh, local cuisine, and things yeah. like that. Um, it's a it's a weird kind of a balance, right? Yeah. Of like, I wonder what it's gonna do. Yeah. You know,
1: it's a shift. It's like pulling in two different. It's like those shots in uh, Hitchcock movies where he's zooming but moving the camera back at the same time. Like oh, the yeah. Or, or thing. like
0: the beginning sequence in The Godfather. Yeah, that's like... You car- know, it yeah. slowly pans out mm-hmm. and pans out and pans out and then you see the whole room and everyone sitting there. Yeah. I love that scene. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I showed that to my students <laughs> a couple weeks ago. It's yeah, so the, good. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just like that moody kind of like a, you know, it's like palette right out of a Caravaggio or a, you know, or a... Um, um, painting yeah.
1: yeah yeah i love the subjecting Ramp, people who may not be there yet those sort of things like i showed my students the godard the weekend clip of the the pile-up scene which yeah. goes on forever yeah yeah yeah. it's yeah. like what the hell is going on with this it's yeah. such an amazing like weird morphing of time and you know it's it's a, it's almost like a moving painting you know? did you see
0: that movie was it two years
1: ago that came out
0: the 3d movie which, the one that is shot in 3d godard
1: no I didn't I didn't uh, even know about it
0: the um, I think it played at Bam I saw it at Bam is mm-hmm. yeah. it good yeah it's like it kind of used like very specific um, 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 like focal points yeah and in, in, so like a certain moment would be like focused and then creating kind of a blur and a Diffusion, the rest of the frame—it was uh-huh. very disorienting because yeah. you're used to seeing everything in equal focus. But super crispy field, these
1: days. Yeah, so High the depth, depth
0: of field was hyper attenuated, and yeah. so you're kind of—you literally are moving your eye different parts of the frame as the lenses, I guess, changing. Or you know, I don't know the details, but yeah. it was very strange. Or like, like an event is happening, but the sound is coming from a different part. Right. You know, which is you know like that beginning shot in Annie Hall where they're walking towards yeah. the camera mm-hmm. and you don't even see, you know, him and his friend and and you're just hearing the voice yeah. and then the figures catch up to the narrative, the right. audio. I mm-hmm. love that. The yeah, visual yeah. catching up to the audio. Um, I love Woody Allen. <laughs> yeah. It's good Interesting, stuff. Complicated man. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a whole, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I remember wanting to, uh, showing a scene I had a student once just completely like, it's like
1: can't deal with just it. Just
0: didn't want it. Just wanted to talk about him. Yeah, you know, and right. and, the, and the that whole his life and yeah. Him. And it's like, well, how much time do you have? Right, right. <laughs> you know, this is gonna be. We like have like an hour.
1: <laughs> everyone from like athletes to yeah. people you admire to Picasso to you know to yeah everyone. Has well, I think
0: that's the other thing. It's like we. I mean, you know, there's definitely you can take you know moral s- stance on certain personalities Mm -hmm. for sure but then but I think the other part of that is it also is a kind of like how do you balance um, kind of morality in relationship to the general expectation that things people should be simple like there should be like you are this you know like you know when people are like wait you do this and this like how can you know like amazing painter and killed people you know like you know like how do you you know and, everyone, and you realize that after a while that you know anyone you're reading about or anything, they're like, you know...
1: Two sides yeah. to every coin.
0: Yeah, and uh, it makes sense in some ways if you have an extreme aspect of your life coming out of one and there's probably something else happening somewhere else Yeah, that, you know, the person has to become whole somewhere, right. you know, and sometimes it's not so pretty yeah. how, it, how it happens. But that's also this idea of... The, I always think this kind of romantic idea of how an artist should live that it's good to see like that breaking down mm-hmm. also. Yeah. Like I feel like one thing I learned you know, going back to school is like some of the people I worked with they just had a... they just figured out how to keep doing it. You mm-hmm. know, and that's been really important for me. Yeah. Um, like uh, instead of like so many people crash and burn. Right. And like for me... I feel lucky and privileged to have had the opportunity to just like keep at it mm-hmm. and like think, well, if I can keep going, things can, things will evolve. Things will change. Things that don't matter will drop off. Other things will pick up. Um, and uh, that, I feel like that's, seems theoretically healthy, healthier way to work. Yeah. You know, which is the flip side of the anxiety of like, I don't know, I don't, you know, like I don't know what's going to be next because it's yeah. not, you know, it's not like oh, let's do ten more of those. You yeah, know. Um, it's not e-
1: longevity is not easy, but yeah. it's probably the best bet <laughs> in the, the crash and burn.
0: Yeah. Know. Well, I always think like, well, why? If I'm, I never feel like I'm in a rush to get anything done. Mm-hmm. I mean, apart from deadlines, etc. But like, I want to be in the experience. Yeah. Like, otherwise, why, why do it? You're why just pumping to out. Get it done?
1: Yeah, you're just pumping out product. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, the product. Once oh. someone used the word product, like we need more product. Um, you know, it took a, took me a while to just get over
1: that right. comment. Right? Yeah, it gave
0: you a little dirty feeling inside. <laughs> yeah, like ooh. I'm like, well, you know, one can make an argument. That's yeah. what you're making, but on the other hand, you know, there are other aspects to that too. Right. Right. Uh, but uh, it's a good thing to be reminded, though, that it yeah. is a thing. It's somebody is you may want someone to live with it. You may want someone to care about it. Um, You know, I do think that's a positive aspect of product. If you know somebody like, you know, to the idea of craft, you know, I feel like that's important to me. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like how you make something is important because um, you're not just transmuting ideas and imagery, but you're also sharing your love and, and the importance that you feel about this, this this uh the whole the entirety of this experience, from yeah. the history of it to the actuality of it. Um I think that sometimes gets lost a little bit. Yeah. Like people either take it for granted, oh of course, or it's very like dismissive, like, oh yeah, I don't care about that. Some it's it's meant to be shoddy, you yeah. know, or like, you know
1: Definitely. What do you so when you're working, do you yeah. work in silence? Do you work to music, podcasts? Mm. NPR yeah what's well, the, what's you the know, soundtrack you know I had to turn off
0: NPR after the election yeah I, just I, I shut I, down I, I'm like yeah it's not doing much for me other than I mean we, I, we know what's going on we know what's going on yeah, we don't really yeah. need to be <laughs> yeah I that's a
1: Facebook becomes difficult too oh, because it's yeah, just
0: I, I remove Facebook from my phone it's um, an endless it's,
1: stream of depressing yeah. same the same yeah.
0: message over and over again no podcasts yeah. for sure music um, what kind of music Oh well, sometimes you know I I like to go back to the early '90s. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. early um, early '90s R and B. That's I mean that was good.
1: Um, early '90s was
0: like an R and B. Yeah, of. it's uh, it's like the you know. So my relationship to music, I feel like really, it's weird to be, in, you know, well, immigrating. This is an interesting part. I mean, I remember the first time I heard Paul Abdul mm-hmm. this is like 91 straight up yeah That's I remember being in uh, this kid who was a little bit older was Punjabi like we went to Kentucky Fried Chicken because uh-huh. he lived in the apartment complex he was a little bit older he was like yeah I'll take him around I think you know right. he wanted you know he was he was, he was a nice guy and uh, and that was playing in his car mm-hmm. you know like i have a very distinct memory of hearing that song many times <laughs> and then my parents getting like getting free cable yeah. until they realized what was mtv and then oh, so quickly yeah. we did not have mtv oh, it disappeared? <laughs> yeah yeah it was you know culture right you know? they're like we don't like this part of american culture we like the part that's about economic um <laughs> prosperity <laughs> but we don't like this part of it right, right. you know um which is which is you know there's everything it comes with every aspect of yeah, yeah. come, so you know um, Madonna's I forget which album came out right around the same time. Uh, I was can it picture like a Virgin? Was like,
1: it. That? Was it called Like a Virgin the
0: album? I don't remember. I can't that. remember. But that song, that and, era, and that video. Oh yeah, that was like that was you know, that was more
1: racy than Paula. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Since Sens- yeah, sensational. Um, and so you know, um, that was like oh you know um, that was like you know jumping from you know hearing Thriller or something on a a tape that my uncle had in Calcutta or something Mm -hmm. Um, um, you know you kind of go through went through grunge Mm -hmm. went through you know little mini hip hop phase uh, (laughs) and uh, never never settled on rap it was always on the outskirts Um, But one thing in my studio now... So, you know, like, sometimes I'm like, I'm going to put on some old R.E.M., um, and then other things, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I, I can't, you know, like, I can't yeah. do...
1: It. It's too nostalgic. It's just,
0: it's not even nostalgic. It's just like, it doesn't... It just like feels like another creature. Like, yeah. I can't listen to Morrissey. I can't listen to one song, but after that, I just can't deal with it. Yeah. Or like Bell and Sebastian. I just can't do that. It just feels so like, ugh, like, woe is me music. Right. Um, and, uh, but, but you know, so more I listen to... I. I listen to classical music a lot, especially after meeting my wife. I feel like in terms of what I listen to has expanded. In yeah. that. So I'm always asking her for, you know, people and like, you know, her giving me specific, um, pieces to listen to. So she kind of semi curates. And then, you know, the, the, you know, the algorithm of Spotify mm-hmm. helps me out, yeah. you know? So, you know, Bartok comes back a lot mm-hmm. for me, you know, um, so, but for me, but quiet has become important yeah. once again. Like not having the radio on, not having anything on, and if I'm in here, I notice that in the morning I like music. I listen to like, you know, ragas a lot. Yeah, you know, just because I can, I'll put them on, and it kind of gets you can zone out. I just zone out, add. but it just creates a certain kind of atmosphere. I like you know not to. I feel like that word sometimes can seem slightly derogatory in terms of music, but, but it does create a very specific mood that is important for me. Mm-hmm. But in terms of words, like um, I listen to um, either books on tape or I listen to podcasts when I drive yeah. to Baltimore. But uh, in the afternoons or evenings, if I'm in the studio, which isn't that much nowadays, but that's when I can handle that. Yeah. You know, or if I'm doing like stretching canvas, right. I'll listen to, you know, Radio Lab or yeah. I'll listen to, you know, you know, um a friend of my mine turned me on to WTF, Mark yeah. Maron. and mm-hmm. I was listening to that for a bit. And then I've been listening to Revisionist History. Yeah. That's kind of been digging that. So yeah, I feel like there, this is like the heyday of podcasts. Yeah. Like there's so many different good ones. So
1: there are and it's a chance to hear someone talk for more everything's so short nowadays yeah. that it's nice to hear a long conversation I think I, I enjoy it but yeah. I, I mean I'm I do drive a lot too so yeah. it's it's nice on the road it keeps you awake and, right. and it's engaging you know to where it's not like fast clips of everything right. which seems to be
0: I always find also that you know it could be you know it there's often something I get from it that yeah. I feel is relevant to what I'm doing or you know if, if I'm thinking of myself, put on my teaching hat, I always find something that I'm like, oh, that's, you know, that's an interesting thought. You yeah, know, it like links up. I feel mm-hmm. like it's part of, it adds to, you know, just my general thought process. I mm-hmm. also like the idea of words more than visual. Um, listening to people because I feel like I can tune in better yeah. and I'm, because I'm not looking at them and their faces. Sometimes I feel like visual experience is can be distracting. Yeah. Especially so much of a like watching something on YouTube. It's much easier to have it going and then go to another u- window mm-hmm. and try working on right, it. Right. You know, like someone t- told me recent a while ago that they were listening to um a Netflix like a show, like mm-hmm. a like a I think it was uh The Americans. Uh-huh. But he instead of watching he listens to them like he treats it like an audio tape right which I think is kind or of like genius. the old radio shows yeah they, like, like yeah, you know yeah, they used yeah. to
1: just like right um, like but it, yeah like, you just hear the story he just hears yeah.
0: it and he just listens to it and I'm like that's you interesting I it. should try that yeah that's cool you know well or, it's like
1: reading a book I mean you're not yeah, seeing the movie but right. you're you're reading what the plot of have you ever happening. tried
0: that with a movie
1: just um, just to listening listen to, to it? it I don't I don't think I have I think it's so... Because uh, what we do, we're, when we're working, yeah. we need our eyes to work. Right. So we're just listening. Right. So whenever I do actually watch a movie... And I, these days, yeah. I don't watch movies as much as I used to. I okay. used to in school. Like okay. I went through the history of right, the movies. Right, right. But um, when I actually sit down to watch a movie, I'll yeah. just sit and watch the movie. Right. You know? But I don't even watch movies that much
0: anymore. Yeah, I know me neither. I, I I've feel, gotten... I
1: feel. <laughs> and Having a kid takes you out. And then yeah. you go see those movies... But yeah, I just haven't really been yeah. into movies.
0: I watched, uh, I tried a while ago, I put on, um, I tried to listen to The Shining. Uh huh. I couldn't finish it. It was really scary. It's I intense, mean, I, I'll yeah. admit, it felt really scary just, just to know. listen to it. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, sometimes I'll put it on in my class. Just like, just to have the audio, the going. sound of it. Yeah, freaks it <laughs> people <laughs> Like, what? What is this? Like, because they think first it's like an interview or like, you know. But it is, it is, it's strange. Right. You know? I remember yeah. in undergrad once, uh, like during Halloween, mm-hmm. a teacher played um, audio recordings of Edgar Allan Poe's stories. Oh, that's good. like the creepy. Telltale. Yeah, yeah. Um, heart, right? Yeah. Is that the short With story? With the
1: banging the floorboards. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then
0: the Casco Amontillado and all of those. But they were so... Whoever was reading it, it was just... You know, this is pre-audiotape. Right. And I just remember that what it did, you know... Creeped everyone. Animates out. <laughs> and and uh, and uh, amplifies like, just the feeling. Like yeah. suddenly you're in two places. You're in the psychological space of what you're hearing. Mm-hmm. And then you know, but then you're doing something else. It's a funny way to, I think, it's an interesting way to change the climate of a classroom. Or yeah. to ch- change the climate of a space that you, you feel like, oh, I know this place. I come here every week or I come here every day. But then to do that, you know, yeah. it's like, whoa, this place suddenly feels different. Because you're, you're hearing the sounds and everything.
1: Well, and it's a total flip from what we usually do, which is make images that tell a story. Right. But there's no, you're not going to the place, you're just seeing the paintings, and that kind of creates the environment, so it's like the opposite of that. You're just hearing
0: it. Do you listen to stuff when you... you, Yeah, music. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, podcasts when I'm driving, but music in the studio, and I tailor it to whatever. Right, right, right. You know, I'll go from, uh, I'll jump around to
0: a lot of different things. Do you think it changes for you in the daytime versus nighttime? Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I like to start off with jazz in the yeah. morning. And then, you know, it's an energy thing, too, at mm-hmm. this point in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll I'll zone out to certain things, mm-hmm. like longer things, and then I'll go to hip-hop, and then I'll go right, to right, right. funk if I need that kick, or electronic, yeah. or, you know, it, it moves all over.
0: Yeah, some I like soundtracks, too. Yeah. Like uh, um, that soundtrack to... Um, speaking going back to movies some soundtracks are just amazing like you can't listen to them as a I feel like as a piece yeah all the way through like uh, like the soundtrack to There Will Be Blood oh yeah by John uh, I don't think I've what's his name it. the that's a good one yeah yeah I, cause it's
1: it, funny because these five paintings the pacing paintings. is all off yeah you
0: know, so like certain things certain uh, kind of you know, the, the whole meter is mm-hmm. like so it's just like certain things last longer than you expect certain aspects You know stretch out more. Yeah, so it's it's a little unnerving so it heightens Kind of in a, a mood
1: right? Yeah, I was thinking of blow-up in relation to these paintings. Oh, really? because you, oh, you know You know the, the that movie yeah, yeah, Blow yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. there's all this foliage kind of mm-hmm. abstracted yeah. Where you don't see the people at first. Yeah. And, yeah. and then there's the Herbie Hancock soundtrack to it, which is really that's good. That's true. So oh, it's kind of floating Thomas. around in my head a bit.
0: Oh, I should watch that again. It's been a while. That's oh, a great movie. It is. There's, and, just, and that's another one where things happen at a distance yeah. for a while. And then things are right up, like yeah. literally up close. Yeah. And I love what happens. Yeah. And then that, you know, that movie, The Conversation? Mm-hmm. That's great. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
1: I know, I love those. It, I Like I said, when I was in college, I went through a whole phase. Yeah. There was a video store at school that you could rent movies mm-hmm. for a quarter and yeah. And I just moved through, like, you yeah. know, the Criterion Collection or whatever. Right, like, right, all right. those, you know, classics.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, they're buried in there. I don't think yeah. about them all the time, but, yeah. you know, you can kind of pull them up once in a while and think, like, oh, yeah, remember that movie? They're, probably a, they're probably a lot better, too, in my mm-hmm. mind than yeah.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, some probably are more than others. I yeah. remember... You know, kind of being inducted into, like, you know, Japanese, um, like, you know, like certain things is like your first foray, right, in, in college. Had mm-hmm. sushi for the first time, uh-huh. I think, in college. Um, you know, but all, like anime and you know, all of those things, yeah. you know, um, and just like learning about certain kind of ways of making things or certain kind of parts of that's I think that's like the best part of it, yeah. you know. And it's interesting to see like, like now, um, and then I don't know about you, but like, like my whole understanding of anime and, and kind of Japanese animation, all of that is very specific to like one or two different types of films. But then my students have such a broader knowledge of contemporary anime, both from like people working now, subgroups and, uh, they're into it, they're into it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I give them an animation project last week, and uh, yeah, it's interesting to see, like, where they're coming from.
1: Yeah, some of them. it connects, for some reason, with a lot yeah. of that generation yeah. of... Oh, totally. I was never really into manga or anime. Yeah. You know, I, I
0: watched Bugs Bunny.
1: You know, like stuff like that, but yeah. uh, but I can see it and and it's really interesting how I mean it's deep stuff like there's a lot of heavy I feel like
0: it's one of the first crossovers it was one of the first crossovers for me culturally like mm-hmm. I remember um, based i don't know what it was I think it was about probably it has to do with programming and licensing and things like that that when I lived in India, you know like there wasn't access to a lot of cartoons, like Western cartoons, but you know, a lot of their channels in Bangladesh would get them. Yeah. And because you know, Calcutta is so close to mm-hmm. Bangladesh, like you know, like the we had like this complex network of antennas on the roof. Yeah. Um, one of my uncles was kind of electronically like minded, and you know, he had like a business that made generators and things like that. Anyway, so like we would always pick up things. Like I remember watching. I think I saw, you know, like the old Spider-Man and and like the old um um He-Man and like all those, you know. Yeah. Um ThunderCats. Mm-hmm. Like that was like my favorite. Right, right. You know. I think, you know, I think I still sometimes have dreams about that show which yeah. is bizarre I'm like what am I having to do? <laughs> and I you know I remember they redid it recently the yeah. Nickelodeon or uh, was it yeah. was it co- uh, Comedy Central maybe I don't know I
1: think yeah it was on again like they would do everything yeah I'm like I'm not watching this you no. know
0: I need to I need to preserve this weird vague abstract memory of this show yeah you know it comes in grainy and you're trying to like yeah I can see it you're telling yourself you can see this what, <laughs> through right. the grain through <laughs> the noise you Know for half an hour, you're like glued, yeah, for 20 minutes. Um, that was like a re- revelation moving here and saying, What I can watch this, this like exists? when I come back from school, for yeah. like an hour, mm-hmm. or watch it while I'm eating cereal before I go to go to school, yeah. You know, I cereal for breakfast that was like a weird new thing. <laughs> I, mean, I think when you were asking earlier about like how was it like i think it was those, those instances like the the actual physical day to day living right the things that changed like they have an impact walking yeah. to school versus mm-hmm. getting on a bus right for like 45 minutes that was different yeah. or um uh, what you literally ate changed from being um you know you know a f- three course meal in canteens that your mother brings to lunch um you know and you're eating yeah like a like a meal versus having a sandwich that's wrapped in saran wrapped with chips (laughs) with chips maybe uh but you know um you know yeah where like the cheese has like kind of melted between the bread and and it gets stuck in your mouth and you're like (laughs) i can't eat this and you're like really trying desperately to finish it and you know and then thing like you know asking like hoping you can like uh you know, one day, you know, you'll instead get lunch money and get tacos or something mm-hmm. from the cafeteria. You know, like those those weird conversions of food, like my mom, you know, like making Sloppy Joe. Yeah. And like this is kind of a conversion, like transitional food that right. seems like it has certain uh, textural qualities that you'd yeah, yeah. get in Bengali food. Mm-hmm. But uh, I feel like that's why Mexican food was a good... Um, or Italian food was a good transition from yeah. um, Indian food to quote unquote American food. There's some similarities. Yeah. yeah. Like my, you know, uh, I guess it wasn't even thought of as being American food. Like I think my my dad still has an idea that American food is, is like boiled mm-hmm. food and very tasteless. Yeah. Like you either make fish by uh, steaming it and you eat it with salt and pepper or you cook it like in a sauce, like a Bengali, there's no in between. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. and, uh, and I think those terminologies are always interesting to me. Uh, like, what is American or what is not? Mm-hmm. Um, and,
1: uh, yeah. Well, American's such a mix of so many different things. Yeah. But like, I it, feel that culturally. Like, yeah, what am I? Yeah. I don't have
0: that. Well, you spent also so much time in a completely foreign. Yeah. space too yeah. yeah
1: but you feel yeah. I, I always feel a little envious of having like a real culture yeah with real history or not re- right. not that this isn't real but a deep history
0: with right. cultural connection yeah instead of a fractured kind of there's view. also a flip side to that though I feel like there's a kind of like I mean the whole American notion of being able to invent right your own mm-hmm. narrative yeah. is very um um attractive yeah. like you can put aside like wherever you came from etc. Right. and but then and then like carte
1: blanche there. in a way
0: yeah but I always feel like there's a there's a kind of uh that was <laughs> joke Um uh, I don't I mean I I you know I'm like oh I'm like a bad Indian you know like I don't <laughs> you know it's like um you know like I don't go to like Bengali festivals and you know like after I moved here i didn't really have too many Indian friends. Yeah, and so much of circumstance like when you're a kid affects how things will be But then that also begins to wire you right, a certain way and then how you're wired Gets amplified as you move through um, And uh, I remember being at Risti and like not having any Indian friends. Yeah, because I felt there was always there's already this divide between international students mm-hmm. who are coming who are quite wealthy and then, you know, I came not from that right, right. space. So, you know, I was like, well, you know, like I don't have any access points there. Two different like, worlds, yeah. Two completely different worlds, you know. Um, and so I think that's the other thing about like feeling mm-hmm. that you have this kind of, um, this heritage. Or, mm-hmm. you know, you look a certain way. And the expected body of knowledge that comes from that can, can create its own you know issues like yeah. people are looking for to you to kind of um, um help them like feel uh provide knowledge like you're supposed to be the keeper of a certain body of knowledge right. uh that you should you know that you know that you should know everything about what's happening there. yeah I no. mean, at all time whatever's happening now whoever got elected to what happened you know right. hundred years ago like you're, you're like the walking encyclopedia of a cultural space. Yeah, <laughs> because
1: should, just based on be, how you look, just
0: because of how you look, yeah. you know, um, that can't be easy. Yeah, it's weird. Um, last time we were in India, you know, you know, because I don't really, I mean, I speak Bengali with my dad, but I don't spend a lot of time speaking the language. But um, you know, so we we traveled, We went to the south, and there, there were, I had this funny, funny experience of where, you know, like you know so if you're at national monuments and mm-hmm. national parks there's two different prices for tickets there's like the national price which is like 20 rupees so yeah. if you're trying to get into the Taj Mahal right and it's like you know like 20 the equivalent would be for 20 dollars like you know 400 rupees or something right um if you're an American or if you're a, if you're a international foreigner, or yeah. foreign I think it just is a foreigner or foreign yeah. um, visitor and national and, uh, you know, and, you know, I somehow, you know, with my broken Hindi, I got us like the national. You got the national because, rate? <laughs> yeah, because um, because I think the guy thought I was the guy, the tour guide for my wife, who mm-hmm. is like, you know, stereotypical American. Yeah. Or what one assume she's blonde. Yeah. And she's blue eyes, you know, or, you know, blue, green eyes. And, um, you know, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there was a Chi- there was a Chinese couple who came up to us you know really hoping you know asking for a question Mm -hmm. hoping we spoke English you know and then they were like oh, you know like (laughs) it's it's like you're both you know um, and other times when someone comes and asks you something and then in two seconds they realize you're not from there and then their whole demeanor and how they operate changes I think that's a a constant negotiation Mm -hmm. you know um you know, and I think it happens in this sphere as well. Yeah. um, There is a, um, speaking of podcasts, like one of the most recent episodes of This American Life Mm -hmm. has a really interesting one where this, um, like there's, and I think it's also about fitting in. I think so much of like when you're at a certain part phase of your life, you just want to be, you just want to disappear. Like, you know, when you're, 12 you know <laughs> right. 13 like the last thing you, you don't want to, want to stand be identified too. as being someone different right
1: unless you're like wearing the mohawk and you're you're Friend. choosing that different
0: exactly yeah. yeah and then at some point you choose but i feel like choosing to be different comes from a kind of privilege of yes. like um um feeling like you're like everyone else mm-hmm. you, do, you want to be identified right as being like no i'm different you know like yeah. i'm you know but then, if you're always different, you want the opposite. You, you, wanted, you just want to just you know. The grass is always greener. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> like, what do you mean I'm not white? What are you talking about? Right. You know. Um, and so that's always a funny thing. Like when someone says, "Well, I I don't hear your accent," or mm-hmm. "I can't," you know. On one hand, it can be like, "Well, thanks. Like that's a that's a positive. That's a positive uh, affirmation. Like I am like you." Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when someone says, "Oh no, no no, I can I can hear your accent," you're like no 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 you don't you know like you're insulted that someone hears your accent right on the other hand the flip side of that is at one point at some point you're like oh no no i wish i want someone to actually hear the accent yeah as opposed to not you know right um but you don't get you can't choose yeah i mean that's like the thing you never get to choose um where how you're going to be seen you know Yeah.
1: Um, Well, that's the see. I always feel like it's a the plus and minus of it. Yeah. It's like if you come from a place, like if you are ethnically someone who has a very distinct culture that has a lot of history to it. There's a beauty to that, and there's a real sense of who you are. Yeah. And that is combated with when you go outside of that, then there's an expectation or whatever. Right. And then if you're just an average like American, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. then you don't really you don't have to worry about being expected to right. mold in, but you don't have that deep cultural connection, too. Right. So it's kind of a grass is always greener yeah. deal, you know. Yeah. Although I when I do go to Germany or Switzerland, yeah. they speak to me in German or Swiss, and yeah. they, everyone thinks I'm from right. those white, <laughs> you know, you're yeah. like that kind of, that area, which is a funny thing to be like, no, I'm sorry, I don't yeah. speak any German. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, like when a few times, you know, I spent time in Italy and, you know, I speak some Italian that I can, you know, I can give directions and all of that. And, uh, but often people will think that I'm, you know, from Morocco or, you know, yeah. like Southern, you know, like there's a kind of like, yo, you know, um, and I'm like, oh, thank God they didn't think I was American. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, this is one place no one will think I'm right, American right. and that's actually a good thing, yeah. probably. Like this was after, this specific instance was right after um, before, you know, the administration two steps back, you know, during the Bush. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and uh, people are like, what is going on over there? I'm like...
1: It was a positive uh, yeah, camouflage. Yeah, I yeah. have nothing to do like, with
0: that. Yeah, being recognized as, as someone... Like, the difference between national identity and cultural identity. Yeah. is a, It's a funny... But then you have this almost privilege where when you're going through, you know... Um, Check check lines and things like that, mm-hmm. and, and you always see like you know there's a kind of the that passport has a kind of weird political yeah. power, and you f- and you definitely see that when you're going through those lines, mm-hmm. um, but um, yeah, and and I think in terms of going back to a kind of cultural identity, I I have always felt that there is a um, I would go back to those notions of like lived beauty, like. When, when there's a weight and a richness to the culture mm-hmm. that you almost I almost like take that for I, I suppose I do take it for granted I, I, I feel like it's uh, the space that I operate out of and, um, and maybe that's why I you know in, in at least the paintings I've been making I'm, I'm willing to kind of go to another place yeah. you know to go to a place that is a bit more complex um, that is not that is not binary, you know.
1: That was a uh, pro pro move there to pull it back to the work. That was oh yeah, that was, was it a pro move? That okay. was very nicely done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a problem of talking so much all the time. Okay, um, it came
1: back nicely. It, well,
0: well, I think it's like those. Tra- I feel like painting in some ways is. I feel like I'm traveling. You know, you think mm-hmm. you go back to the same place, you're in it, but then the way you start out doesn't always end the way, Yeah, you know, like the goal last time we traveled was n- neither of us was going to get sick. So we like, we, you know, we, we, <laughs> that's we, that's difficult on a plane. That's not easy. That's not plane, but you know, the key is just don't drink the water. Just yeah. drink bottled water. Um, but, uh, but I don't know how to explain it. It's like you travel and you, and you see some of these things and and I, and I feel like a weird connection to them, but I mm-hmm. can't articulate literally what it is, whether it's, there's an aesthetic, there's a color, there's the structure, but I look at some of the internal narratives of some miniatures, and I, you know, I mean, I, I remember the stories, hearing them and mm-hmm. reading them as a kid in comics and things like that, and uh, being, being kind of inducted into the, some of the surface narratives through the different festivals and the and the different pujas that happened. But it really stayed there. It's not like I decided to really study the uh, the um, the moral and the and the philosophical lean uh, aspects that were connected to the religious storylines. Yeah. You know. So it's interesting to just have like a casual understanding of your cultural mm-hmm. space and then moving just at a time when you begin to form those deeper connections yeah. so for me it was always like a social thing like going to these things with my parents or go, and then you know having the food and uh and then leaving mm-hmm. you know and uh and not talking about it until another you know until next October when you're gonna go to this thing again yeah. um but then but I guess it does stay with you and uh and it's uh You know, I think I'm at a place or in my headspace right now, I'm thinking about what are the things that stayed with me and being okay with the things that I care about. And and it's okay not to know everything or not to know the things that there are just things I don't know, you know, and maybe it's okay to uh, to uh, just appreciate some of the things that uh, that I find and to trust that
1: and it's who you are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how can you change? Yeah. Yeah. That's who you are, you know. Imagine for our kids, they it's <laughs> yeah. even more fractured yeah, in a way. Yeah. But that's who they are. So you exactly. have to just embrace. Yeah. You know, you, in the same way like just in casual like even yeah. if you just think about painting, you can't know everything. You no. can't know the whole history. No. You just navigate your way yeah. and there's something interesting to how we right. individually find our way through it and and yeah. hopefully that's what gives our stuff a voice that no one else has.
0: Right. Yeah. Cool. And I think it give, becomes more particular that way. It stops becoming, and I think that's the way out of kind of general, um, hi, general history, or gen, you know, that it does become more like personal history. Yeah, definitely. Like I remember, you know, backing into Indian kind of historical paintings mm-hmm. b- after looking at frescoes. You know, it's like I, you know. To yeah. Me that's circuitous route. You know, there's a circuitous route. There's kind of obviously you can go down the r- road. You know, route of you know saying, well, that's another byproduct of colonialism, mm-hmm. that you know, uh, Western history always seems to kind of predate or, or uh, create the framework of how you see other culture spaces. On the other hand, you know, you can't, you know, where you you know. But now that you're there, what do you do with it? I right. think that to me is actually a more interesting question. Yeah. Um, definitely.
1: So. um so what do you have coming up, and how can you, how can people who are interested in your work see it in person or online or?
0: So I have, um, so, you know, this is funny, uh, not it's not funny again, but it's just, uh, so I've had two back-to-back shows in Houston mm-hmm. recently, so one that opened last Friday, not last Friday, Friday before last Friday, at Barbara Davis Gallery. So that just opened right on the heels of course yeah um harvey so people were out it was wonderful to see people just trying to get their lives back yeah um and then i showed they just came down from asia society texas center and then the work's coming back this week i think here Mm -hmm. so that's been that's been kind of last spring through this fall that's been like a big push trying to do that and now i'm basically getting back to work you know um you know, I'm doing, I'm doing the, that part that it seems, uh, I'm doing the things right now that is that pre, the, before the work goes back out into the world again, which is like stretching canvas, right. you know, and making new surfaces and, uh, um, and pulling out, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm kind of pulling out the things that didn't make into the show and, and, uh, looking at them and, uh, and and seeing where they'll end up yeah um, you know this is like kind of the exciting part of like tugging at the threads of these disparate ideas that uh, that exists as one or two and saying okay like where where is this gonna go mm-hmm. you know um, I've been uh, I've been looking at uh, yeah I've been thinking a lot about also just uh, speaking of culture speaking of some of these things I've been um, I'm kind of photogra- or scanning old family photographs right now just mm-hmm. for before the photographs like get destroyed basically like some are from ones my dad took some my relatives took like photographs that predate to you know like I think now 50 years ago mm-hmm. like photographs of my grandparents when they are younger I'm scanning these and photographing these and you know I'm kind of thinking i uh, uh, how they can how what they can do you what know? happens um, yeah well yeah, I found this photograph of my mom when she was I think in her twenties, and uh um, it's like one of the few photographs I have of her smiling, yeah. you know, and uh they're just in that place in my brain right now where I'm mm-hmm. thinking about them, and we'll see what where, where, where that goes a little bit nice, but yeah,
1: I'm looking forward to seeing it this yeah. what it what you have here looks great. And I guess I didn't mention it too much, but the touch of your paintings is so distinct and its it, it feels, um, I don't know, there's just something really um, unique about it and it just has a really good feel to it. So it's been, it's been great to come see them in person and, you know, to be here. So. Thank you. And thanks for doing this. is recorded, organized, produced, edited, and assembled by myself, Ryan Alfred. The introduction and accompanying music is provided by Michael Lovett. You can check out his music via his project, Nazca Lines, or catch him as a long-time contributor to the band Metronomy. All other music is provided by a long-time collaborator of my own, Sean Seymour, in his project entitled Lullatone. Please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a review and a rating as well. You can check out more studio visit images at soundandvisionpodcast.com. And you can find out more about my own work at Painchanger.com. I currently have a show at Maho Kubota Gallery in Tokyo. And have an upcoming solo show at my New York City representing gallery, a Maringer McHenry Yoi Gallery. Thanks so much for listening and supporting the podcast, which tries to share the lives of creative people through their most casual voice.